And welcome to another edition, another edition of Podcast Quincy's City View with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Carey, his media director. And uh, it is a lovely afternoon here in August on a Thursday afternoon today. So far, so good. It's a great day today. Beautiful out, isn't it? It is a beautiful day. It's Every day is a great day. In Quincy. Anywhere. You get up in the morning, that's a good start, especially at your age, Mark. And all you've been through the last few weeks. I believe you are five months older than I am. Well, you certainly look older than me. He was the president of my class in North Quincy High School in 1981. Sign of things to come, I guess that was. And uh, he made it this far. He's the mayor of the city of Quincy for uh, quite some time now. Yeah, look with, at you. You were a member of the choir back then. Right? I was a member of the choir, Mr. Carbono. So we plucked you out and gave you your own uh, your own part here. That was, <laughs> that's a Bob Crane line. You know that? You took me out of the choir and gave me a speaking part. There that's what go. you did for me. See, that's yeah. what you did for me. Yes, thank you very much. Bob Nobody Crane. out there knows who Bob Crane was. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Crane was the former uh, state treasurer for the state of Massachusetts. And a colorful figure. <laughs> Very colorful figure, yes, indeed. Uh, we won't go any more into Bob Crane's history. i got to tell one Bob Crane story. Oh, please. He was being interviewed on TV once, and the uh, reporter's questioning him said, you know, you've hired a lot of people at the lottery. The treasurer also ran the lottery. and said, um, you know, you have uh, 459, and I might have the number wrong. Yeah. You have 459 friends working at the lottery. What do you say about that? He said, I wish I had more friends. <laughs> That's a true story. Old school Massachusetts <laughs> politics, ladies and gentlemen. We're not proud of it, but it is. it was what it was. And thank God for uh, 2019 where things are much more on the up and up, and that's the way we like it. Well, let's not get carried away. Well, I think <laughs> That was a joke, folks, out there, just in case. Hey, you got to have a sense of humor. Uh, he does have a sense of humor, that's for sure. Uh, you can't work in this office without having a sense of humor around you, that is for sure. So, yeah, you've had a lot of interactions with some interesting people throughout your career, I mean, throughout throughout you your life, and your father was some, in politics. You met a lot of people. Somebody was saying that to me recently, um, how lucky you've been, you've been able to have those opportunities to meet so many unique people. Just give and, me give me know, an example so. of a couple. Well, I mean, obviously, as as being mayor, I've I've been fortunate to, you know, have spent time with General Joe Dunford, uh, Chairman Jane Chiefs of Staff and spent time with David McCullough, the great historian. I mean, you know, there's a number of examples of that. Um, when I was a kid, I remember I might have been 10 years old when I met Ted Kennedy, you know, and, mm. um, you know, Ed King and Mike Dukas, they, you know, they all visited my father at the house and looking for support and meet him at different events and all. So uh, certainly politics has been in the blood for a long time, just through yeah. uh, infusion, I guess, if, if before I became a a candidate in life. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Which is what instilled that. it in you. I mean, that makes so, sense. Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah, your so, dad instilled it in you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I, I had great parents um and uh, I wouldn't change a thing growing up. Really, we had nothing but we had everything, you know. It was a big gang of us, um, a lot of laughs growing up. Um but certainly learned uh, the values and principles and uh, what life's about, and, and uh, you know, we're going to have to answer to our maker someday, so uh, live accordingly, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, getting into some of the things that you and I talk about, what we're going to talk about before the podcast, a good idea of where we're going to go, and uh, this week has been, this is not necessarily a local issue, but it happens to be an issue that hits everyone. As, as we, If you've been on Facebook or anywhere out there, you've, you've heard the anger in people when you talk about these senseless, horrible shootings down in Texas and in Ohio. Just your thoughts, Mayor, on uh, you know being the leader of a city like this, is the, where this could happen anywhere. Everyone says it'll never hit my town or it'll never hit my city, but right. just your, your thoughts on this. Well, for, first of all, Massachusetts has some of the toughest laws requiring background checks and so forth uh, for anyone that wants to buy a firearm. So Massachusetts is unique, and I don't know why... You know, people do not uh, maybe adopt some things in their own states rather than putting everything on the federal government. 
Uh, and this has been an issue for a long, long time. People want to blame President Trump. Well, you know, Congress, there's two houses of Congress that uh, they can act certain legislation tomorrow if they wanted to. Um, you know, and, and what, what I do find disturbing, first of all, we should say, you know, and, you know, we're looking out the window here at City Hall, the flag is at half mass, as was directed by the governor uh, for the, all of those folks that lost their lives. So, first of all, we pray for their souls. Number two, we pray for their families. Um, you know, a lot of devastation uh, that is going to ruin a lot of lives and disrupt a lot of lives. So we remember their families in this in this situation. What I get a little troubled with when these things happen is how political it becomes immediately. I mean, the, they were even holding wakes, and, and you have people on social media and on the cable stations either ripping the president or ripping Congress or, or, or making it a political issue when we should be, first of all, mourning uh, together we're all part of that. I often say we're all part of that same human family, and we should be mourning for those people and not make this thing political. I mean, out of one you know, um, side, everyone was blaming President Trump and that the killer in uh, Texas uh, was a supporter of Trump. Then you find out the, the killer in Ohio was a supporter of Elizabeth Warren, but nothing was said about that. But my point is it, it has nothing to do with those individuals, in my opinion. These are some deranged people that of course. definitely have uh, have problems going on in their life. They're screwed up one way or the other, whatever the case may be, mental illness, et cetera. Uh, I mean, you, you had a number of these incidents on previous presidents. I mean, Sandy Hook occurred under President Obama. I didn't hear anybody blaming President Obama, and they shouldn't. Um, there's these issues that happen in a free society. I do think that uh, across the board we probably do need tougher very minimum background checks to certain people that should never be given a gun. Right. Uh, the flip side is, you know, under the Constitution, we have the right to bear arms. And if, if you're a good law-abiding citizen with no issues in your record, then you should be able to carry a firearm. You know, so I'm not going to uh, uh, suggest we should be taking guns away from everybody because the bad guys will always get the guns, mm. you know, when you think about it, Mark. Right. Um, so... But let us let us stay focused on 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 the families and and the individuals affected by this and those communities that were affected by this, uh, big time. We want to keep them in our prayers in the days ahead. But I, people have asked me, and I do tell them that in Massachusetts, uh, this is less apt to happen because we do have a much stronger stringent set of laws that guide uh, who can buy a uh, firearm. So, well, you know what's sad is that some people will. This is the problem. You said it. When they're immediately jumping to politics, in the snap of a finger, they're going and blaming somebody when, when in, in all effect, I mean, just people even hearing this podcast or hearing what you have to say will immediately say, oh, he's this, he's this, and that's not true. You just These guys never should have had guns in their hands. I think you're both for absolute proper gun laws and for not blaming politicians for this right away. Uh, blaming anybody off yeah. the top of your head. I mean, the facts weren't even out and they were you uh, know, blaming the rhetoric on all sides. And there is a, a lot of rhetoric on, on both sides and- or all sides, because there's more than two sides to a story. Um, so that's that's a little disheartening. Um, you know, it, it's my hope, um, you know, in this country we could grow up a little bit and be a little bit mature and, and sit at the table and try to work these things out. Um, so anyway. Okay, well, thanks, Mary. appreciate that. Just having the discussion again, as you've mentioned many times, you can't even have that anymore. So let's uh, let's shift to more Quincy-centric topics. Sure. <clears throat> let's talk about we have four T stations in the city of Quincy. Two of them, uh, three of them actually being worked on right now as we speak in, in a ma- massive developments around or on or or in. So Wallace and T being ready to open up pretty soon. Yes. Uh, in fact, I talked to the general manager today. He called me about some other issues. We uh, they gave a little tour yesterday to some of the local officials. Um, 
I saw it several months ago, uh, and it's uh, it's remarkable. I'm, 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 you know, I know a lot of people felt the disruption in their life by shutting down the Wilson station, but by shutting it down, it got done a lot faster, uh, a lot less money, uh, and uh, I think it was the last station on the MBTA system that did not meet ADA requirements. So uh, we should be celebrating uh, this month because it's going to be opening up uh, all new handicap accessibility, two elevators, an escalator. Uh, it's all, all the issues that cause flooding have been dealt with. Um, you know, it's really a first-class station uh, on the system, and so we should be proud of that. We should, you know, the T's taken a beating uh, the last several months, and, and uh, rightly or wrongly, whatever. I mean, people have titled their opinions on it, and the T's been... Uh, and I would suggest that T has neglected for for decades maintenance issues such as uh, the red line, uh, and this governor has uh, always taken a beating now, and to some degree he's taken a beating because he's taken ownership. Most governors stay away from the T because it's a separate authority. Uh, I know Mike Dukakis used to uh, ride it, and so he took some ownership with it, but mm-hmm. all those folks in between, they never took much uh, ownership and just said, oh, well, that's a separate state authority, but... So when you take ownership of something, you take the beating. To with the good comes the bad, or sure. with the bad comes the good, however you want to put it. But um, they've had a lot of breakdowns and some derailments. Uh, just the Green Line this morning, they had a derailment, which causes disruption in the system. I, I just want to remind people, and, and you know, I, th- I thank the governor, thank our legislative delegation, you know, Senator Keenan and Majority Leader Mariano and Reps Chan and Ayers and Hunt. Uh, they've been supportive of, of the appropriations that are moving the system forward. Though you don't feel it overnight, uh, the next couple of years is going to be an enormous difference in the in the MBTA, how it's operated it, and the reliability of it. Uh, now, we have four red line stations, but we also have a community rail station at the Quincy Center Station. And uh, somebody told me the other day, their, their wife takes the commuter rail. They live in Hospital Hill. Gets on the commuter rail, gets off at South Station, 13 minutes. Uh, remarkable. So it's amazing. Uh, the red line has been uh, ignored for a long time. It's being dealt with. New cars are coming. There's going to be greater capacity. The signalization's been been squared away. They're looking at now upgrades to the Quincy Center Station. Um, and and the general manager, we did talk a little bit about some of the improvements of the stations throughout the system. So there's going to be more uh, disruption on weekends. They're going to be doing some bus routes and all because the you know, this, there's no easy time to do these things. There's always going to be disruption. So, But I just say, you know, I, it's easy for me to say I don't take the tea every day. For those that do, I'm sure it gets very, very frustrating. But um, there is light at the end of the tubble, tunnel, and it's not an oncoming train. Uh, <laughs> a lot of good improvements. Um, so we ask people to just be a little patient for a little longer, and I, I think we're going to start to see those great improvements. And I know that the folks have been, uh, especially the news that's most recently with that, that massive derailment but close to the JFK station, which was really a structural and something with the, with the signaling. It was really bad. So it's still yeah, it slowing the train It was scheduled to be down. redone. They just, it just it, you know, broke yeah. down before they got to it. But they're accelerating a lot of those repairs now and a lot of those right. projects, which is a good thing. That's good. good. So, to, so did you wanted to touch base at all on Quincy Center and what that's supposed to be? And well, Quincy Center, there's, there's a few things going on. The Quincy Center station, uh, they removed the condemned garage, uh, uh, and that, so that part's been done. Uh, but there's been a designated developer, um, Bazuto and Atlantic Development, and the T has designated them. The city's conferred that or uh, confirmed that, approved it, because uh, we have some control over the air rights, which is very unique in the T district. Mm. That when the MBTA came to Quincy back in the 60s, Jim McIntyre was the state senator and the mayor, and he was chairman of transportation. So he wrote in the legislation that any uh, 
possible anything development that the city would have a say over the air rights. So when you don't see any billboards on the MBTA properties in Quincy, mm-hmm. that's because we had control. We have control over the air rights, and the city has said no consistently. So that is, allows us more say, for example, in the project in North Quincy, and now the Quincy Center project, which uh, is, I say project, a project to be, we don't know yet what it will be. We're going through a due diligence process. Two, two processes uh, kind of currently, one uh, or concurrently. One is the T looking at the station and what the needs are. And then two is the developers looking at what the possibilities are building over the air rights, uh, you know, understanding that building over a, a operating station yeah. with trains running below it. So it could be a combination mixed use. Um, and at the end of the day, what will happen is the city would gain uh, taxes out of the project, and the T would gain a uh, a lease out of the project, so they'd be getting funding every year of a lease, just as they will in North Quincy. So all these things that happen around a T station benefit the T over time because they are getting new revenue in, which helps them maintain their system. So sure. Um, so it's uh, it's to me it's good stuff. I know it's you know I wish I could snap my fingers and make these things happen much more quickly, uh, but you know it is what it is. We're dealing with it. The state's dealing with it. Uh, and, uh, you know, the improvements are starting to come to be. So Some good things right now. We know the Kennedy Center, something that, which was one of the first things I think you did in your, in your, while you were mayor as you built a senior center here in the city of Quincy. It's coming up on its 10th anniversary. This, uh, that's tomorrow. Yeah, actually. the 10th yeah. anniversary is yeah. this year. It's hard to believe. Um, for those of you aren't familiar with the Kennedy Center, it's uh, on East Squanum Street heading out to Squanum. It's actually the old Miles Sanders School. That school was built as an elementary school to really take care of the kids' needs that lived in the naval housing. So people that were stationed at the Weymouth Naval Air Station actually lived over there in, in that part of North Quincy and Squanum. So that school essentially served most, uh, mostly that development in there uh, of family housing, but also some other North Quincy kids. So it had been closed as a school back to, the I want to say, the early 80s. Uh, and then the Elks were in there for a time period. Beachwood by the Bay was in there for a time period. Uh, but you know, when I ran for office in 07 and when people asked me about it, I said, uh, I would expect that I'm going to use it for either school purposes or for a senior center. And lo and behold, we chose the senior center. Um, some people said to me, I wish it was in the center of the city, but you know, if we're starting from scratch. That's one thing, but it was a existing building that we owned, uh, one floor. So no stairs, uh, very minimum stairs, I should say, but there's ramps to bring people in. Incredible program. Tom Clasby, Marie Ferrant, and the whole team out there do an amazing job. We got a great board. Um, you know, a number of great people that volunteer on the board um, do good work. So, uh, we'll also be at the 10th anniversary. We'll be showing the drawings of the improvements we're going to be doing to the backyard, which used to be an old softball field uh, yeah. for the school and for the neighborhood at one time. And then, of course, over time, um, it's become a little bit of a wet area because the rainwater gets trapped and doesn't get released. It's not a saltwater marsh, uh, but uh, people get a little excited about these things. So we're going to be doing a project out back. We're going through the permitting now. We've reduced the size and scope of it so the permitting becomes easier. We don't have to deal with Army Corps and, uh, and uh, DEP and EPA and who knows who else. But um, So that... that will probably include a picnic area. It will include a picnic area, a pavilion. Um, I think a pickleball court or two, horseshoe courts, bocce courts, and perhaps a greenhouse. And we'll be elevating the grade in the back and fixing the parking so seniors be more easily can get in and out of the building from mm-hmm. the rear entrance. Um, so exciting stuff. And, and as you know, the Kennedy Health Center was sold many years ago before my time, previous administration. So 
the Kennedy name that uh, came off, we felt uh, the city had an obligation to kind of remember that. So um, instead of just uh, President John Kennedy, which was the health center was named for, we included the Kennedy brothers. Um, so, you know, Joe Kennedy flew out of the Naval Air Station in Squanum. He was killed in World War II in service to his country. Senator Ted Kennedy represented this area for a long time. And, of course, Senator Robert Kennedy was killed when he was running for president. That uh, was his attorney general. So we opted to name it for the Kennedy brothers, the Kennedy Center. There's some kind of neat uh, paraphernalia, some photos down there of the family. Yeah, uh, really cool. They're really it's good cool. stuff. So we remember their public service. Uh, so folks are around. It's, uh, what are the hours, 12 to 3, 11 to 3? Yeah, the hours that on, on for the open oh, house on Friday. For the open house, I believe it's twelve to three. Twelve to three. Yeah. Okay, but people are encouraged to come. I think the membership down there is around five thousand uh, people that have joined the place and um, take advantage of the various programming. I know I've heard from some folks that, you know, some elderly folks that have lost their spouse. They did everything together. They they sit at home and they and they sit and grieve. And and by coming to a center, it, it gets you with other people. It's kind of support groups. You get involved in other activities. It gets your mind offer things, if you will. So I know a number of people have pulled me aside to say it has meant a lot to them for those reasons. And there are hundreds and hundreds of, of free services for people, too, right. which is really right. great, you know, from tax season, from you know getting tax preparation help, all yep. kinds of things Computer like that. Computer programming, there's, medical oh, there's screenings, all kinds everything, of yeah. stuff. Yep. There's, some, <clears throat> sure. uh, there's some exercise machines down there people can use. Um, great volunteers. There's, there's so much going on down there. It's a great, great place. Everybody's welcome. And I believe it's, it's yeah, close to 6,000 members now. I is think. that what the number is? I, is, I know it, it was over five. And maybe 6,001 with you. Are you going to join? So um, <laughs> I, I, I don't yet? think I'm eligible yet, am I? <laughs> so I think it's 55. I hate to, say, I hate to tell you. Oh, uh, I thought it was so You've reappointed me. Am I 55? Jeez. You, <laughs> 56. By, doesn't yeah. It? You've reappointed me on the... Um, uh, on the board again, so thank you very much. I've been on. Well, that, yeah, I, I well, was. You look like a senior, so I, well, I made perfect sense. I was on. I've been on the board since I was the youngest member on the board, and now I'm no longer the youngest member on the board, which makes me feel older. Well, that's what happens. You live, if you live long enough. What's the old saying? If I knew I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, Mike. I can absolutely, absolutely adhere to that. So another couple little things we wanted to mention before Barry Welsh. Uh, Barry Welsh. Barry Welsh. Ah, the great gosh. Barry Welsh. We Just love Barry. The legend. The uh, former yep. rec director. Barry's uh, one of those amazing guys. Barry, Barry Welch um, has worked for the city for over five decades. I mean, that's incredible. Amazing. Over 50 years. He started, and, and when he was in high school, he started working as a playground instructor during the rec programs in the summer. And then he took a stint uh, um, with the Coast Guard, uh, and he served his country in the Coast Guard. He ended up being signed off at Point Allerton in Hull, and that's where I think he met his lovely wife, the now Marilyn Welch, uh, back in those days. So uh, Barry's a unique individual, loves what he does, great passion for it, great passion for his city. And, and i got to say this, and I don't want to say this to embarrass him. Barry lost his parents when he was very young. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he, he lived a, he's, has lived a remarkable life, um, been an amazing department head, major amb- ambassador to the city, uh, a really mentor to many people in, in government and growing up and in the various uh, sports and so forth. So he's, he's very unique. So he's, he's been the longest service, uh, serving rec director, I'm pretty sure of that fact, in the city's history. He's appointed originally by Frank McCauley uh, back in like 1982 uh, in that range. So he served a long time as the director. Uh, I had the good fortune um, of working with him when I was the park commissioner for 12 years, and his office was near mine. Uh, we had a lot of laughs over the years, but I saw his uh, his intensity at times. I saw his passion. I saw his um, his great skill set at work down there. He 
you think about there's over 200, I think over 230 kids uh, on the payroll each year that work either the gymnasiums, the pool, the playgrounds, various events. That, and, and, you know, you never have a problem. You know, they're, they're, uh, they're well supervised, a lot of great Quincy kids and Quincy families. But, you know, when you hire 16, 17, 8 year old, 18 year olds, there's, you know, there's always a potential for some things happening. And uh, they're very minimal. He's handled things very well. He's been a great leader. So, August 24th, actually, um, the varsity soccer field, which is right to the rear of the stadium, uh, both high schools have used for many years for soccer and, and some lacrosse use. It's within the Marymount Park area, which is our most premier park in our city. Uh, the Park and Recreation Board, at my recommendation, has renamed that field the Barry J. Welch Varsity Field. So August 24th, we'll be unveiling the new sign there and dedicating it. And then uh, from there, we're going to head up to Pageant Field. And then in the spirit of Barry and the rec program, <laughs> we'll have a cookout, you know, and have some fun up there. When certainly people that have worked for rec over the years, we're hoping it's a little bit of a reunion for people. Mm. Come back, bring your families, come up, say hello to Barry, congratulate him, and, and just... Uh, Maybe tell some of those old war stories, as they say. So we're, Certainly deserve We're it. happy for Barry. Um, great guy. He's um, got a couple of great kids. Um, Stacy's a teacher on a Clifford Marshall. Um, and uh, Brendan uh, Solid. Uh, they're just a great family. And, and uh, so we're, I'm proud to call him a friend, but certainly uh, proud of his service to our great city. Great guy. He's like a kid. He's like a big kid at, at his age. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's still going to work with us part-time. I've asked yeah. him if he'd stay on to help us with... He's, he's a great organizer. He really is. So he helps us at the Flag Day and the Christmas Parade and other events in between and certainly uh, economist and advisor from time to time on issues and projects. So we thank, again, thank Barry for his service to our country, service to our city. Congratulations, Barry. And uh, finally, Mayor, we saw, I saw you reading something right before we started the podcast and I wanted to bring up another uh, hero in the city of Quincy. Let's talk about uh, Commander Robert Fay. Well, it's interesting. By way of background, um, you know, we're, we're getting ready for the General's Bridges dedication yeah. sometime next year and a half. And there's some other individuals that uh, the city has lost in service to the country over the years. Um, and there's some folks um, um, that uh, in the last 20 or 30 years in service to the country, the Caldwell Guild, the Durkin Kid, uh, the Melvesti guy, the Salanius guy, all of these things. And so, uh, we work with Veteran Services trying to do some background. And Linda Perchard, who's on the cemetery board for me, uh, married to uh, Lieutenant Bob Perchard, who was a Green Beret uh, and a lieutenant of the police department for many years. She's very active and interested in this stuff. She's incredible putting background information together to look up. So every so often I'll get a folder from Linda say, check this one out, look at this one. Because <laughs> there's been some discussion uh, about you know the dedication for the General Bridge, what about some of the admirals and commanders that have served from Quincy? And, and uh, we're looking at doing something else in regard to that, maybe Squantum Point Park where the Naval Station was. That's going to become a very popular spot. I expect that ferry service is going to be coming in and out of there on a regular basis in the near future. Um, and uh, Marina Bay is so built out and beautiful now. So uh, she put before me this Robert Joseph Fay, which honestly I had never heard of. And uh, he was a commander in the United States Navy. He was in the Special Forces. He, it says in some of his background, he was from Wollaston, um, that uh, he was the first frogman killed in the Vietnam War. Now, frogman today, you'd say a Navy SEAL. I, figure, I don't know exactly when they changed the name over. Special Forces. Frank Bellotti was in the first frogman unit really? that was formed for, for World War II. Um, and Frank is still with us. God bless him. He's 96, still thriving, does well. Uh, but we learned a little bit about Robert um, uh, Joseph Fay and his service. He was uh, 
He was a pretty res- well-respected guy with great service. As I said, he died in Vietnam in 1965 when he was in, he was, he was in this Jeep um, checking out the perimeter of the, the camp they were at, and an incoming bomb uh, killed him. You know, so and a great, great Navy guy, lieutenant colonel. I mean, he, he just, when you look at him, I'm flipping through the pages now. It's just unbelievable his years of service. He was, uh, went in at the end of World War II. He, he was in during Korea, and he was in, obviously, and lost his life in Vietnam. He's buried at Arlington National Cemetery. At some point, I think maybe we could put some of the stuff up on the city site so people can read the sacrifices some of these people made for this defense of this great country. So it was, I'm pretty sure it was the Dunning um, area of Vietnam that he was serving in that uh, that he was killed in. Um, and they renamed the camp at that time, uh, Camp Fay, because he was so well respected and no loved kidding. Uh, by the guys, you know. So uh, more to follow on these and some of the others because we will be doing some things to honor these guys and the contributions uh, they have made. So he, he was killed by a mortar round. That's, that's what it was when he was checking out the perimeter of the camp. And technically, I've seen different stories, one calling it a fragment, and this, this story calling it the first seal killed in Vietnam. So, you know, again, uh, freedom isn't free. You know, think about this history and what we enjoy today and, and how we can debate and argue and all, and freedom of expression, freedom of religion, and all. It's, uh, it's not so free when you read about these guys, I'll tell you that. Great note to close on, Mayor. Thank you so much again. We'll see you next time on uh, Podcast Quincy's City View with Mayor Tom Koch. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find your podcasts on any of your free podcast apps. They're all free, and this podcast is free. This is Podcast Quincy. That's what you want to look for, and you can listen to us weekly. Have a great day, everybody.